Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. I get ready to receive a word from God. Second Chronicles chapter 20. The title of my message is Choose Your Battles. You ever been told that or ever had to tell yourself that? Choose your battles. You know, not every battle you fight is meant to be fought. Not every battle that we uh, engage in or um, comes against us, uh, we should be fighting. Uh, We know this, the word of God is clear that the the life of the believer, uh, the Christian life uh, can be likened to a war, can be likened to a race, can be likened to a baby that's growing and developing. Um, And I, I see our little binders out here, man. If you got a black binder, hold it up for me. Show the devil that you're serious about 2020. Look at that. And if, if you're in here wondering, what's that? How do I get one? They're available outside uh, in, the, in the lobby. And uh, $5 gets you a binder. It's already pre-filled with note pages and you can fill it up as much as you want. But man, let's be diligent this year to be studiers of the word. Bible reading plans are available for you out there. So get in the word with us. I gave you five days on social media. That's all you're getting. I'm not making that post every day. Get your own copy, follow along, amen. Let's be in the word, let's take notes. Let's show the devil we mean business. Let's knock his teeth in right out the gate. Amen. And uh, so the, the life of the believer can be likened to a battle, can be likened to a war. Paul said this. He said, I fought the good fight. I want to fight the good one, not the bad one. I want to fight the good fight of faith. But we know that there can be trials, adversity, and challenges. And 2020 will be no different. If you wanted to hear a message today of, of all the stuff that you're going to avoid, um, uh, that's not the message today. But I do have a message of victory, of overcoming, of being a victor, of coming out on top, being in the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. That's who you're called to be. If you are a believer, if you are a Christian, if you have given your life and committed your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, you can expect victory. We know the end. We know how this thing winds up. We come out on top. Amen? But there are uh, uh, battles. Now, some battles... Uh, we will fight. And I want to just get this out of the way that we should be fighting battles. And I think a lot of times in the life of the believer, we identify challenge and adversity and in battles uh, with defensiveness. Like I'm being attacked, so I've got to fight back. Uh, we uh, uh, can tend to align battles uh, that I've messed something up, uh, I, I missed out on something, I'm out of God's will, out of God's plan. But I believe the word of God actually shows us that we should be picking a fight and looking for a fight. I believe the church, don't be looking at your spouses and saying, see, I just got one right there, right on the front row. She said, see, when I pick a fight, that's, that's what, listen to the pastor. He knows what he's talking about. What I mean is Jesus actually said that the kingdom is advancing. He said that the violent take it by force. And I want to get this clear and get this out of the way. The church should be more offensive than defensive not offensive to people, but we should be on the prowl 
taking back what the enemy has stolen. Genesis chapter three, we didn't lose heaven. We didn't lose a religion. We didn't lose Christianity. We didn't lose a faith. We didn't lose a belief system. We lost a kingdom. The enemy came, tricked Adam and Eve out of a kingdom, out of authority, out of position. And ever since then, he's been waging war on this earth and he's been decimating and, 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 and bringing destruction and depravity and, 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 and any other uh, uh, horrible nature that we see in the world today, including sin nature, has been entering this world since Genesis chapter three. And we have been given back the kingdom and been given back our authority and been given back our rightful position in Christ to go on the offensive, not lock ourselves up in our churches and in our doors and in our prayer meetings and in our Bible studies saying, don't touch us, don't come get us, we're just hanging on until Jesus comes. No, we should be going out and advancing and taking. And Jesus said, do work till I come, occupy till I come. That means go back and get my stuff. And we should be taking back entertainment. We should be taking back government. We should be taking back military. We should be taking back uh, 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 colleges, universities, businesses. We should be going into every sector of society and making it, turning it into a kingdom advancement. Every person on this planet that does not know Jesus ought to know Jesus by the time you're done talking to them. Take it back. Look at your neighbor and say, take it back. So there are, there are, there are battles. There are fights. There are things that we will engage in in life because we're called to. But I don't believe we should fight every battle that comes. I believe that there are battles that we should avoid. Battles with sin and battles with, see, we, we, we waste so much energy fighting battles against sin, we don't have the energy to go advance the kingdom. We're, we're, we're fighting battles, the Bible says, we don't wrestle with flesh and blood, but I mean, some of us, we're only five days in, we've already wrestled with some flesh and blood. <laughs> Maybe your own flesh and blood. Maybe a flesh and blood that's in your house. Maybe a flesh and blood that's at your workplace. Maybe a flesh and blood that's in your community, whatever that is. But there are some battles that we ought to avoid. And I believe this is a year where we need to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit because he will keep you out of some battles you have no business fighting. He will keep you out of some challenges and help you overcome some challenges that you won't have to waste your energy and effort on that anymore. We can go out and do the advancing of the kingdom. See, for some of you, when I said we need to be fighting to advance the kingdom, some of y'all got wore out like, oh my gosh, I got another battle to fight. Well, maybe if we would quit fighting this one, we could take on what we're really called to do. But you gotta choose your battles. But then what happens when... You don't get to choose the battle. The battle chooses you. Some may call it a surprise attack. Some may call it uh, uh, the, a surprise attack is one. See, our lives are so built upon anticipation. And, and, and man, we work hard, at least I know I do, to anticipate what's next. 
I mean, even adventurous people and even people that aren't are spontaneous and even people that, that, you know, don't have it all, have to have it all set out in front of them before they take the first step. There's still a setting up. There's still an anticipation and an expectation that we live with our lives. And we want to know what we're waking up to tomorrow. And we want to know what we're going back to next week. And we want to know what life is gonna be like around the corner. There is, there, there, we do the very best we can to anticipate and have an expectation and have a vision. If you don't have vision for your life, you're already, you're already missing it. Bible says that without vision, my people perish. You gotta have vision. You gotta write it down. If you haven't written down your 2020 vision this year, write it down. The Bible says to make it plain so that you can run with it. You can't run with what you don't know. Oh, well, it's in my brain. Okay. No, get it visible. Make it plain, the Bible says, so that you can carry out the vision of God. But what happens when we have surprise attacks? What happens when stuff comes that you didn't get to strategize for? What happens when something shows up that you didn't get to plan for and you didn't get to, to, to make a Pinterest board for and, and you didn't get to write it on your calendar? You didn't get to put it in your goal setting book. You didn't get to write it down in your journal and pray over it. What happens when something shows up unexpectedly? And that's what happens here in Second Chronicles chapter 20. It says in verse, verse one of Second Chronicles chapter 20, in the very first verse, after this, the armies of the Moabites, Ammonites, and some of the Menu, uh, Menuites, me, Minions, <laughs> declared war on Jehoshaphat. Out of nowhere, three, it's enough when you got one thing. Ever been attacked on all sides? Ever had it coming from all angles? I mean, you turn here, and here's one. Before you know you're getting poked on this side, it's like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another. Yeah, it's coming from everywhere. That's how King Jehoshaphat, and he hasn't been king very long. We only have to go back one chapter to 19 to find out the, the length of his reign to this point. Sometimes that happens. You turn the chapter, turn the page, and boom, warfare. Boom, battle. Boom, someone's attacking. And now it's coming from all sides. Messengers came and told Jehoshaphat, verse two, a vast army from Edom is marching against you from beyond the Dead Sea. They are already at Hazazon Tamar. That, is, uh, that this was another name for En Gedi. And so here is a surprise attack, not something they were expecting, not something they were looking for, not something they were anticipating. This was not a battle they were trying to pick. This was not a battle they were trying to go out and discover. They weren't just sitting around bored and saying, you know, we need to fight some people. Let's just pick out some guys that we don't like and bring our war against them. No, they're just minding their own business. But I wanna talk to you about the surprise attacks this year. 
I wanna talk to you about the ones that you don't get to strategize for uh, specifically. I want to, some of you may know what challenges you're already facing this year. Some of you, like I said, may be bringing in a battle from 2019, maybe facing the same circumstances on January 1 that you were on December 31. But these are the attacks that we don't get to prepare for. These are the challenges we don't get to sit down and say, this is how I'm going to come against this. And so I've got three things for you today, three ways to fight your battles this year, to fight the surprise attacks. I'll give you three points. There's battles that we should be fighting. There's, weight, there's war that you should be waging. And man, if we're not, we need to get busy doing it because there are battles happening all around you. There are opportunities all around you. It's not you fighting the battle. It's the Lord fighting the battle for you and with you and through you. But then there's those that just come up and surprise us. The first point that I want you to see is preparation. Preparation. There is a way to prepare even though you don't know what you're preparing for. There is a way to prepare yourself even though you don't know exactly what you're preparing for. I tell people this a lot. I'm either fighting a battle or getting ready to fight a battle. Anybody ever been there? Even when everything's good, I feel like I'm just getting something prepared for what's on the other side of all the goodness. That's life. That's life. I'm either in the midst of fighting a challenge, coming against something, or I'm preparing myself for the next one. Now, preparation is tricky because preparation is not the actual thing. You know, we got NFL teams right now that are getting ready, you know, they're in the playoffs, getting ready to go to the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl is the thing, but everything leading up to this has been preparation. And so sometimes we wanna devalue preparation. Sometimes we wanna devalue the effort that we, get, that we give before we actually get into the thing. Well, it's just practice, right? They say practice what? Makes perfect. When you're in the battle, that's too late to be getting prepared. I don't know about you. I want to be prepared when I'm in the battle, getting in the battle. When, when I go in, man, I want to know, I want to have a confidence and, a, and, a, and an assurance on the inside. Man, I did what was needed before I got in this mess. So preparation is not the battle. It's what prepares you for the battle. So preparation feels idle. Preparation feels like not really doing anything. Preparation feels like I'm just sitting here. Preparation feels like, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know it, the games don't count. We're not keeping score. No, there's nobody in the grandstands yet. But preparation makes progress. Preparation makes progress. Preparation is progress. It doesn't look like it on the outside, but it is progress. So to see preparation, you gotta go backwards. We can't look at 2 Chronicles chapter 20 and see their preparation. The battle's already there. They're coming, they're marching against them. I've gotta go backwards. Verse one started out with this. 
after this. After what? I've got to go before that, right? Thank God the Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. So 19's connected to 20. 2019 was connected to 2020. And what you thought was just sitting idle in 2019, what you thought was just nobody's watching, nobody's looking, I'm in obscure. Maybe it was preparation for what's coming in 2020. Maybe God was setting you up. Maybe you went through some things in 2019 and you won't find out why until you get to 2020, until you get the 2020 vision of why, right? Because hindsight is, I'm working on man. I told you, I've been waiting 20 years for this one. I'm going to use them all today, right out the gate. So we got to go to 19. Look at chapter 19. And I want to start with verse 4. Actually, you know what? I'm going to start with verse 1. So, and I know, Aaron, that I didn't put that in there for you, but let's pull up verse 1. 2 Chronicles chapter 19 and verse 1. This is where Jehoshaphat takes over because the king before him, King Ahab, a very evil king, was killed in battle. And uh, King Jehoshaphat takes over and the season before him wasn't a good season. So he had to come in and correct some things. He had to come in and clean house. He had to come in and do some things. He's preparing stuff. The verse one starts out when King Jehoshaphat of Judah arrived safely home in Jerusalem. Jehu, son of Hanani, the seer, went out to meet him. Why should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? He asked the king. Because of what you have done, the Lord is very angry with you. Even so, there is some good in you. For you have removed the Asherah poles throughout the land and you have committed yourself to seeking God. In the New King James, it actually reads this way, and you have prepared your heart to seek God. The New King James literally reads, you have prepared your heart to seek God. Now watch this in verse four. So Jehoshaphat dwelt at Jerusalem and he went out again I'm reading from the New Kings. Let me bring it back over to the New Living. That's what you got behind you. Jehoshaphat lived in Jerusalem, but he went out among the people traveling from Beersheba to the hill country of Ephraim, encouraging the people to what? Return to the Lord, the God of their ancestors. He appointed judges throughout the nation in all the fortified towns. Notice that he's trying to get things right internally before he tries to straighten things out externally. But so many times our focus first goes to what everybody sees. We want to start correcting all the outside stuff. We want to start working on the external things. We want to start changing habits and patterns. And he's saying, no, you got to start on the inside. We've got to get it right before we can ever expect to get it right out there. So you've got to go in with a preparation mindset. You have to prepare what? Yourself. You want to know a great way to waste energy this year? 
Try to prepare someone else. You will waste this year, flush it down the toilet. You'll see nothing, no growth. Waste your energy trying to change someone else's mood. Waste your energy trying to change someone else's behavior, someone else's responses. You know, I've found out that when you care about what you can't control, you become careless with what you should control. When you care too much about what you can't change, you need to make a list of all the things this year you're not going to try to change. All the things you're not gonna give your energy and your effort to. All the things that you're gonna say no to. All the things, all the challenges, all the mistakes that you're gonna, you're, you're gonna say that I do not have the time nor the energy nor the effort to waste it on that. Just go ahead and write it off the list. Get it out of there. And start working on you. Start working on the inside. He made sure the people returned to the Lord. We've blown it with this last king. We've missed it with the last guy. He, he, he took us down the wrong path. So now we're taking down idols. We're, we're, we're getting rid of all this stuff. And we're gonna make sure that we, we seek the Lord. We return to the Lord. And then he goes a step further and he appoints judges to help keep the people accountable in returning to the Lord. Here's the thing. You've got to come to him before the battle comes to you. You've got to come to him, Jesus, the king, God, your creator. You've got to come to him before the battle comes to you. And so now... We get to chapter 20 and verse one says, after this, after this. Well, Pastor Mark, I didn't spend 2019 getting prepared. Then start now. I mean, there's no better time to prepare yourself than right now. I'm five days into the year and I haven't read the Bible yet. Start today. It's never too late to prepare. It's never a bad time. You don't wait until you hear about it coming or until it shows up on your doorstep. Prepare yourself now. Well, I don't have that much money in the account. Well, prepare yourself as if you did. I can't physically start that business today. Prepare yourself as if you did have it, if you were able to start it today. I'm not married yet. Prepare yourself today. I haven't graduated school yet. Prepare yourself today. There's never a wrong time to prepare until, uh, except for until after it's too late to prepare. Prepare for what's next. Prepare. There's preparation. There's preparation. You've got to come to God before the battle comes to you. Number two, jump down to chapter 20, verse 13. Number one is preparation. How are we gonna see victory this year? We've got to manage our preparation. Number two is people. 
people. This is a good one. Might have to camp here for a little bit. But in verse 13, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in verse 13, it says, as all the men of Judah, well, you know what? We need to just back up. You need context. I need to give you context. So let's go back to three. We left off with verse two. Let's catch you up. Jehoshaphat was terrified by this news and begged the Lord for guidance. He also ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. Notice where Jehoshaphat goes first. Not to the generals, not to his strategies, not to his plans. Why? Because of 19. He prepared himself. See, trials squeeze out what's already in you. You go to, in your lowest point, that's when you know what you can rely on. What do you go to when you're at the bottom? What do you go to when all hope's lost? What do you go to? That'll tell you what's on the inside. You can only squeeze out what you put in. And because of chapter 19, we're returning to the Lord. When he gets news of war and challenge that's getting ready to come, dire challenge against him and his people, where does he go? to the Lord. It says he's terrified, but where does he go? Doesn't mean you won't have fear. It means that fear won't have you. There's a difference. There's a difference. He's terrified by this news, begged the Lord for guidance, ordered everyone in Judah to begin fasting. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord's help. Jehoshaphat stood before the community of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard at the temple of the Lord. He prayed, O Lord, God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven. You are ruler for all the kingdoms of the earth. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. Notice he has not even mentioned the problem to God once. He's only talking about who God is. Sometimes we spend more time in prayer talking to God about our problem rather than talking to God about who he is. And then God will go, so what'd you need? You'd be like, ah, I'm good. I just had to remind myself how awesome you are, how mighty you are, how powerful you are. We got this, let's go. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Verse seven, oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people Israel arrived? Did you not give this land? Now he's reminding God of his own works. And in, uh, at the same time, he's reminding himself of God's faithfulness. Now we just sang that. I've seen you move. You moved the, some of y'all need to remind yourself of the mountains that got removed last year. Because the same God that removed them last year, he's gonna remove them this year. It's no different. Amen? Amen? You did not, and did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend Abraham? Your people settled here, built this temple to honor your name. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, plague, or famine, we can come to you, stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir. Now he's getting to the issue. 
After he's reminded God of all he's done, after he's told God who he is and and reminded himself how powerful God is and reminded himself of what God has done, now he's saying, here's the reason why I came to you. He said, you would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt. So they went around them and did not destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us, as an inheritance. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We do not know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. You don't need to know what to do. You just need to know where to go. This year, you might not always know what to do, but you better know where to go. We're looking to you for help. Now here it is, verse 13. As all the men of Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, wives, and children, the spirit of the Lord came upon one of the men standing there. His name was Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaiah, son of Jael, son of Mattaniah, a Levite who was a descendant of Asaph. And he said, listen, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord said says, do not be afraid, don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Here's the key. Who do you have around you? Do you have some people that can hear the voice of God? Do you have some people that are led by the Spirit? Or do you just have people that are led by emotions and led by anger and led by addictions and led by behaviors? And you can minister to them, but they won't be a great asset or resource to you when trial and challenges come. And when the greatest challenge comes, your crowd must become smaller. Your circle must become tighter. You can't hang around everybody you used to hang around with. When the trial and the challenge shows up, you got to start watching your group, who you running with, who's speaking into your life, who are you listening to, who do you give your ear to? You need to get some people like this guy who is led by the Spirit, the voice of the Lord. And don't be surprised if it's your spouse. Don't be surprised if it's your children. It's the voice of God through that human being. So it's people. How are you going to overcome this year? You're going to prepare. You're going to put things into perspective and realize that maybe 2019 was just preparation for what's to come. And I'm going to return to the Lord. And I'm going to seek the Lord. And I'm going to call those that I influence to seek the Lord as well. If you're a businessman or a business owner, you, or, or you're in charge of a group of people, get your people to seek the Lord just as much as you are. Have them fasting with you. Have them reading the Bible with you. Get them in the word. It's vital. Jehoshaphat didn't stop with himself. He got the whole nation of Jerusalem saying, this is what we're going to do. We're going to honor God. And now, because he did that, he's got people around him that can hear the voice of God. I bet you he's real thankful that in chapter 19, he went before the people and said, this is what we're going to do. We're going to return to the Lord. We're getting rid of these idols. Because now he's relying on someone being led by the Spirit of God, speaking the voice of God into this situation and giving direction on what they ought to do. 
Because I can tell you right now, no human being would have devised the plan that they end up devising. Nobody would have. Nobody would have. So who are the people around you? Yeah, there's going to be unbelievers. Yeah, there's going to be people that call themselves Christians, but they're not really Christians, not really living that life. That's great. Man, minister to them. Invite them to church. Encourage them. Be a blessing to them. Tip them. Go above and beyond with them. Show them gratitude and thankfulness that you're in their life and that they're in your life. And, and, and be a, 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 a person of a peacemaker. But when you have trials and challenges come, who are you relying on and who are you allowing to speak into your life? That's where you've got to watch the circle. That's where you've got to start eliminating. And, and, and I tell you what, there are things that, 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 that my wife and I have battled through and then we overcome it. And then there were people that said, oh man, I wish I would have known you were going through that. There's a reason why you didn't know we were going through that. Not trying to be rude, but I'll just give you the testimony. I'll tell somebody else about the test and I'll, you'll get the testimony because you haven't proven to, to, to be led by the spirit. You've proven to be emotional. You've proven to, to, to lend yourself to the immediate response or direct action that just naturally comes up. I need people that are led by the spirit. I need people that will get on their hands and knees and pray with me. I need people that will speak into my life and tell me not what I wanna hear, but what I need to hear. That's the kind of people I need and if you don't have those people, there's a lot sitting right around you right now. I would, I would encourage you to make acquaintances. Get those people in your life. Because your preparation will have a lot to do with your victory. And the people that are around you will have a lot to do with your victory this year. Amen? Number three, the third item that I have that's going to help you see victory this year is your position, your position. The word of God comes through this young man. Going back to verse 15, he said, listen, all you people of Judah in Jerusalem, listen, King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says. Now recognize he's king. He's got someone else telling him what to do. And your status and your role and your position does not eliminate the people that God can use to speak into your life. This is what the Lord says. Do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow, march out against them. You will find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. You know, one of the key elements of surprise is Surprise. <laughs> is you not knowing where they're coming from. But the Holy Spirit will tell you. If he doesn't tell you when, he'll tell you where. If he doesn't tell you how, he'll tell you who. The Holy Spirit will give you a heads up. The Holy Spirit will give you direction. The Holy Spirit will give you guidance. The whole, you've got to be sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit this year. You might be saying, well, Pastor Mark, I don't have those people around me. You have the Holy Spirit in you. That's better than anybody around you. And you better hope the people around you are only speaking what the Holy Spirit's already saying anyways. 
but you have the greater one inside of you. You've got God himself in the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit of God dwelling and living inside of you. He bears witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Listen to him. Be sensitive to him. How do I become sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Get in his word. Right? How do you wanna learn to recognize someone's voice? Listen to their voice. The Holy Spirit will never say anything that disagrees or conflicts with what this says. There's no greater way than to become sensitive to the voice of the Holy Spirit than to read the word. Gotta be in it. So going on, verse 17, but you will not even need to fight. We read this earlier. And then he says this, take your positions. Now this is huge. Take your positions. Then stand still. That does not sound like a great war strategy. What kind of military tactic is this? Take your positions. Stand still. Don't do anything. And watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Position is so huge when you're fighting. Position is so huge. I mean, you look at uh, any sport, every sport has positions. You've got guards, you've got forwards, you've got first base, second base, third base. You, you, you've, you've got quarterback, you've got center, uh, you've got wide receiver. And if you're in the wrong position, you cannot fulfill the right role. If you're out of position, you're not gonna be successful, right? You can't be effective as a wide receiver if you're lined up behind the center, you can't throw the ball to yourself. Hello? Position is important. Position is vital. And so he says, take your positions. Now here's the thing. The position that they suggest is not a great position to be in to fight this battle. We go on down, verse 18, King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground. That's a pretty vulnerable position. And all the people of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. I said, worshiping the Lord. You know, positions are designed to give you the, the, the greatest advantage You want to line up in a position where you have the greatest advantage and the greatest ability to perform the function or the role to accomplish the task. You following me? Again, going back to any athlete or any athletic position, if you're a, a, a playing basketball, if you are a, a, a center or forward, those are the big guys, right? Some sports basketball people help me out. Centers are the big guys. Is that Shaquille O'Neal? I got a lot of this. Let's go with center. That sounds good to me. Shaquille O'Neal's a center. So he wants to be in position to get a rebound. 
I don't know anything about being tall, obviously. Y'all think I'm tall until I get down there, and it's like, oh, wow. Just don't put me next to Robert or Tommy. <laughs> don't put me there. He wants to be in position where he has the greatest advantage of blocking a shot or taking a rebound, grabbing a rebound. You got to be in position. So what on earth does a, a people and military, what, posi- what, what, what on earth do they have taking a position of bowing down? And worshiping the Lord. Uh, I, I know uh, uh, some people don't like to do it. You need to learn to like to do it because uh, it, it's, it's important. The Bible actually tells you to, but you should raise your hands when you're praising and worshiping God. I don't get all into the religious, natural things, but it's not that hard to raise your hands. I've seen some of you throw your hands in your hair, uh, in, in the air a lot for some football games. And they don't even know who you are. Your throwing up hands in the air does not change the outcome of that game whatsoever. But then we get in church and our worship leader, Robert, says, everyone just lift your hands. And man, that's like, I will make sure I do not lift my hands. That is not me. I'm not lifting my hands. Lifting of the hands is also a sign of what? Surrender. You don't want to go up against your enemy with your hands lifted. They might get the wrong idea that you're laying down surrendering and you're not even committed to the fight at all. But yet that's exactly what they're doing. And then we go further. Verse 20 or verse 19. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. Early the next morning, the army of Judah went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God, and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets. That's your verse this year. If you didn't recognize, that's 2 Chronicles 20, 20. Believe, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, here it is, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. That's what they're singing. They sent the worshipers in front of the army. They sent the worshipers in front of the military. Here's the key. Sometimes the positions that God asks you to take this year to see the victory, to see you overcome, will seem like, feel like, the most vulnerable position you could be in. But yet, that's where he wants to bring the greatest victory. Sometimes your position of great vulnerability is the same position 
that brings you great victory. Worshiping? Singing? Praising? No, that's not how I would go about this. But if you're out of position, you lose the battle. If you're out of position, you lose this war. If you're out of position, you won't be effective in your assignment. So maybe this year your position is one of forgiveness, even though someone else should be asking you for forgiveness. Maybe this year your position is giving when you actually are in need. Are you with me? I know it puts you in a vulnerable position and nobody wants to be in a vulnerable position, but bowing down, this is not a great position to fight a battle from. Naturally, on my knees, with my hands lifted up, I'm completely vulnerable to what the enemy wants to do to me. But I'm also completely surrendered to what God wants to do for me. You've got to be in position. It's your position this year. I know you want to take a position of standing up for yourself. I know you want to take a position of I'm not going to believe. I'm not going to get my hopes up. I'm not going to let myself be disappointed again. I know you want to set yourself in a position that, that I'm going to make sure I salvage all that I can and I'm going to keep all that I can because at least I have what I have. But maybe it's the opposite of what you think you should be doing that will bring you the greatest victory and yield you the greatest results in your life this year. Worship team, if you come, get in position. You've got to prepare. Your preparation. I, I, I just, I, I know that there are people all over this room right now that as I say prepare, and as I say that the, the, the pers- your preparation needs perspective, that you start looking back on the last year and moments before and times before, and you start recognizing, man, golly, I didn't even know it. He was preparing me the whole time. He was setting me up. He was getting me ready. He was getting me in the right place. Get prepared. Maybe 2020 is preparation for 2021. You gotta be prepared. The people, the people in your life, who are you surrounded with? Because when you need a word from God, God may be trying to get it through somebody to get it to you. And you can't write them off. Oh, that's just so-and-so. Oh, they've only been going to church for a few months. Oh, they, 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 they struggle with this and they struggle with that. No, no, no. Who does God want to use to speak into your life this year? And who are the ones you're going to eliminate that you recognize you don't have any benefit to me? Not in the midst of my trial. Not in the midst of the And your friendship, your, your, your acquaintance, is not greater than my purpose. I'm not going to sacrifice my purpose on the altar of friendship. You just got to prioritize what's more important. 
And then thirdly is your position. You got to get in position. And that position may not always look like a position that you fight from. A position of surrender. A position of worship. A position of exalting and glorifying Him. A position completely sold out to what He wants to do. A position where others could have their way with you, but instead, God's going to have his way through you. Stand up with me. Stand up with me. We're going to close this out by getting in position. We're going to wrap this up by getting in position. Position yourself. Position yourself for the things of God. Position yourself today for what he wants to do in your life. Position, say, God, I I give you everything I am, everything I have. I'm sold out to your will. I'm surrendered to your plan. Nothing else matters. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God. If you enjoyed this teaching, be sure to subscribe to our podcast in iTunes. By subscribing, you'll be sure to receive a new message every week as soon as they are made available. And if you'd like to learn more about Anchor Faith Church, you can stop by our website at anchorfaithbaldosta.com. There you'll find our locations and service times, ministries that are available for you and your family. You can even give financially in support of the ministry. Thank you again for listening, and we look forward to seeing you next time right here on the Anchor Faith Church podcast.